You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? You are back on the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser, joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, we're watching the end of the first regular season game of the Kansas City Chiefs as they get the victory 34-20 over the Houston Texans. Caleb, how you doing, man? Well, I'm going to tell you, based on this football game, I'm going to tell you one thing. Chiefs, they have a solid defense. Chiefs, they have a solid offense, too. It's going to take a lot to knock this team off, but let's get into how they dominated the Texans tonight. It really was domination. The score is going to look a little bit tighter. I mean, obviously 14 points is still a good win. Texans score some garbage touchdowns at the end of the game, but the Chiefs really were in control from from the go, right? So they deferred, kickoff, Texans go three and out, Chiefs march all the way down there. Demarcus Robinson drops a touchdown, Mahomes sack next play. They ended up getting knocked out of field goal range. Texans go down score, but from that point on, it is it's all Kansas City. They the offense was um, running on all cylinders. It was really something to behold. Everybody knows about the pass weapons, and if you've been listening to this podcast all off season. You knew what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was about to come in, and actually it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, apparently. I just heard on the broadcast, it is the H is silent, so it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and you, you know what? He showed out. He showed why the Chiefs were so excited to get him. He was everything that they really hoped for, and that's kind of where I want to start. I want to start with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hilaire, and Kalechi Osemele, who was just bullying dudes out there. That Chiefs run game was something to watch tonight. You want to know what? I'm sitting here watching the Chiefs run game like everybody else. Like, we're all sitting here. Like, we're like, let's go. Pat, throw it around the field. Pat, throw it around the field. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to do that tonight. They got Clutche Osimile for number one. He dominated in the trenches. The Chiefs offensive line in general, they dominated that run game tonight. There was no answer from Houston over anything, they could not even close come close to competing. But when Clyde Edwards Flair was running mad behind that offensive line, it was it was opening up into rips, rips for the Chiefs. They were getting 25, 30 yards of carry. Guys, that stuff is hard to beat if you're a defense. And if you're a defense like the Texans and you know you have to double level, you have to double cover. Travis Kelsey, and you have to double cover Tyree Kill. It's going to be really hard to leave people out there to beat guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and guys like Demarcus Robinson. They left him open. They left him good to go, and it was a domination from the start of the game. It really was. It was complete domination, and, you know, it's something that we – 
we always talk about how you need to throw the ball to win, throw the ball to win, throw the ball to win. Well, th- you do. I mean, you you saw how efficient Mahomes was throwing the ball. But the fact of the matter is, and again, if you listen to this podcast all offseason, we talked about how the, there is going to be a lot of light boxes. And the difference between Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Damian Williams is the short area quickness, the vision, the ability to win one-on-ones, make people miss. Well, all those things is what you saw tonight. They showed a stat up on the screen tonight that running into five or six-man boxes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 10 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown against that. That is light boxes because teams are afraid of the spread. That is him making guys miss, him winning one-on-one battles, his short area quickness, his vision to be able to make those little jump cuts and find, find those creases. That's something that you have not seen in Kansas City over the past few years with the running backs that they've had. And that's not a knock on the guys that they had in the past because the guys in the head of the past have been solid. They just, they're they're not what he is. There's a reason that the Chiefs drafted him 32nd overall. You know, everybody thought it was going to be for his pass catching ability. And that's something we didn't even really get to see tonight. They didn't really need it. Daryl Williams stepped in and... He was really their third down back, which again, if you listen to this podcast, we also talked about how much the Chiefs liked Daryl Williams, how much that he played before he was hurt, um, and how much they utilized him in the pass blocking game because he does have good hands, because he's a very good pass blocker um, in those third down situations. So, you know, it's an offense that if they have these light boxes and they were able to run the ball that efficiently at, you know, eight yards a clip, they're just going to do it. They went on a 16-play, nine-minute drive and scored. I mean, the bottom line is you come away with points, which is important, but they just they were just taking what the Texans were giving them. It was pick your poison. It was die slowly or, you know, <laughs> try to blitz everybody and die quickly. You know, that's pretty much what it is. So either way, you're going to lose, and that's what they're, they're – really doesn't matter. It's just uh, – it's scary. It's scary for the rest of the NFL right now. Well, you know – and you see, the problem is these other teams, they're trying to, like, game plan around, like, what they see from the Chiefs as far as speed. They can't – there's no game planning around what you saw tonight. Like, literally, the Texans try to do what they want offensively. The Chiefs were there to shut them down every time. They stopped Deshaun Watson every time they needed to. They got to stop on defense every time they needed to. So you see how hard it is for these teams – like, and it's a good football team in the Texas to try to get what they want, but then you have a team like the Chiefs, and they're so dominant from top to bottom, from a guy like Patrick Mahomes down to a guy like LeJarius Sneed playing his first NFL football game, going in there, making up stops. Guys, it's all makes a difference. It's always going to make a difference. The real big thing with all that is, though, in my opinion, at least, is that Mahomes is getting more comfortable with everything that he sees. He probably saw some looks from he probably saw some looks from the Texan night he doesn't recognize before. Guess what? He's going to see looks like that the entire season. Teams are going to be trying to throw him off his groove. Teams are going to be trying to throw him off his game. And guess what? He's still in there confidently. He's still in there toughly. And he stood in there, took any hit they could offer, and he said, hey, let's go again, let's get more yards, and let's go score a touchdown. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that I did enjoy seeing, too, was how much Sammy Watkins was involved. I guess that's his typical. He's good in the first week, and then now we'll wait again till the till the playoffs to see him again. Um, no, that's, I, I hope not. I hope not. But he looks great. He looked explosive. He was catching the ball. He was getting north and south. They had that nice little short yardage goal line play drawn up where they uh, shifted Kaiser and um, Anthony Sherman out. Then they short motioned Sammy Watkins in, and they threw him that wide receiver receiver screen. He just caught it and, you know, busted through a tackle basically to get the yard for the touchdown. Um, it is a little concerning to see how much they struggled in short yardage with not being able to just line up and run the ball. Uh, they had a lot of opportunities. They tried multiple things and not really much worked. That's a little concerning to me. Um, I think that they will get better with it. You know, that's obviously nitpicking stuff, um, but they'll, they'll work on that. And then the other big gripe I have right now with the offense, you know, if we're, if we're being nitpicky, I guess, which, you know, coming off of a 34-point uh, performance with a win with basically no offseason, that's pretty tough to uh, to complain about anything, but is is Demarcus Robinson. The all the whole offseason, everybody, you know, especially all the fantasy people out there, you're talking about we're, we're excited about McCole Hardman, and he really didn't get many opportunities and looks, and then you see Demarcus Robinson, and he drops two touchdowns. Um, that's that's tough tough to watch. He, he dropped the first one on the first drive. Granted, tough catch, you know, but those are the ones you, you have to make. If you're going to get the opportunities where you're on one-on-one, where, you know, they ran Dino, which is just a double post. Uh, Tyree Kill was on the inside. He ran the post. The safety ran with him and the corner ran with him, which is why there was no one left in the middle of the field. And Robinson did a good job. He won his one-on-one battle, but then he didn't finish. Got to finish, right? He had his – it was close. It was two steps, but got hit, didn't finish the play. Ball came out, no catch. Um, and they didn't score any points on that. Those are big. Those are going to be big plays down the stretch. Those are the plays that I'd like to see McCall Hardman getting um, to see if he's avail- if he's ready. He showed at the end of the year, I thought, that he was going to be the guy, that he was going to be ready, but maybe not. And then the other touchdown, another tough catch. But, you know, Mahomes rolls out on their little sprint out play. He goes through his options, and then his last option is, is Robinson going across the back of the end zone. He finds him, and he's going to the ground, but it hits him right in the hands and off the face mask, and, again, no touchdown. So, I really want to see McCole Hardman starting to get some of those some of those opportunities that Robinson's getting right now. Yo, and you know, if you're Demarcus Robinson, you gotta realize this: you are playing in an offense that is designed to absolutely dominate people week in week out. You cannot afford to have those kinds of drops. Those kinds of drops kill anything that offense is trying to do. And when you get more into it and when you break down the routes, he's competing. Of course he's competing. They're all competing out there. When you break down the route, he's competing to try to get all as much as he can out of the route. It might just come down to he's not as great as a player as McCall Hardman is. McCall Hardman, he's going to be a fast player. He's going to be a player with good hands. We haven't seen a lot out of him lately. They're going to give – Robinson, the shot first, guys, he dropped two touchdowns tonight. He dropped one that should have been a surefire end zone touchdown. He dropped that other one. Should have been a catch. They gave him enough space. Pat had enough time. He put it on him. Should have been a catch. Did not handle it. 
And so these are the kinds of decisions the Chiefs are going to have to make as the season starts to go on. Are these guys going to be good enough to compete with Mahomes? Are they going to be good enough to get on the field with Mahomes? Or are they just going to be guys that we just shuffle into the background and try to get away from the spotlight so that we can try to take advantage of them? It's we'll see. Maybe it's just early in the season and they're they're waiting, you know, I don't know. It's <laughs> we guess we'll see. Um offensively, I don't know. Anything else you want to mention offensively? I thought it was really interesting too. Uh I guess one of the things that stood out to me was not only how much they ran the ball, but how much they actually ran the ball from under center. That was not something that you saw them do quite often last year, and they did it definitely more um, than I was anticipating, especially since LSU too coming um, from CH coming from that offense, he he's coming from a shotgun offense as well, where they were basically never under center. So I really expected them to just kind of stay with that and run all the stuff they did, but they really made a concerted effort tonight to get under center and run that wide zone, run their outside zone stuff, um, which I thought was was super interesting. You know, the interesting thing about that is the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs, they played outstanding tonight. This is one of the best games I've ever seen them play, and it all starts with uh, the new addition, Kaleche Osimile. There were several drives where I could see him dominating, and then they're showing it up on the NBC cast, him flatbacking the guy, pancake guy. He played outstanding. The entire Chiefs offensive line played good. I know they had Mitchell Schwartz gave up the first sack, first sack in a while early in the game. That's okay. That's going to be okay for them because the entire rest of the offensive line played outstanding the rest of the game, and the Texans really had no pass rush on them. I mean, everything they had was picked up by the Chiefs' five- or six-man protection. Eric Fisher looked good. Uh, Wiley, he looked good playing back there. It, left guard, and then Osimile, oh, no, Wiley looked good playing there at right guard. Osimile looked really good playing in there at left guard right next to Fisher. And in those some of those big runs they had, he was flat-backing people. He was moving guys off the ball. They, they were really able to move the ball and kind of establish what they are trying to do offensively because they're like, oh, you want to stop the pass? You want to try to make Pat the main attraction? Okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to line up and six people are going to try to block you and we're going to get after it. And as they got after it, I saw Osimile just got stronger as the game went on. And so did Fisher and Schwartz. And we were at the point of the game where it's that last drive of the game where they have no penetration. And they're looking over there at the big boys. And those guys are sitting there with their fingers wagging in the air saying, let's run some zone. Let's run some power. Osimile played a great game, his first game as a Chief. He had some great blocks. You know, the entire offensive line in general, they never get enough credit, but they played outstanding tonight also. I mean, you saw those guys played outstanding because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a good first game. You know, some of those runs, Clyde got up to the second level. He wasn't touched. He wasn't touched. And you see all that, and you want to know why the Chiefs are going to succeed this year. It's because Andy Reid has an emphasis on moving the football at all times. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what the football's doing. The football has to be in motion. 
the football has to be going. It has to be moving time and time again, you know, and they did a fantastic job of that tonight containing the Texans. You know, I didn't really see any much out of the Houston's offense, but as you dive deeper and deeper into the game, you know, those people that cover the Chiefs closely, cover offensive line closely, they're going to try to see what's been making all that stuff tick on that offensive line. For sure. And then if you look at the defensive side of the ball, that was just just another dominant game. Um, they did The Texans did nothing for most of the game. They had the first drive of the game where they actually went down and scored, but after that, it was pretty much uh, heavy sledding for them. They couldn't really get anything going um, offensively. They, I don't know, they even got down a few scores, and they're trying to line up in their center. They're trying to run the ball. They were playing with no urgency, it didn't seem like. I did think David Johnson looked good for him. Um, I guess that shows you how much he's worth, considering they had seven points going into the fourth quarter and had to score garbage touchdowns to get to 20. I guess, you know, if you're asking me, DeAndre Hopkins probably is a little bit more valuable in this situation, considering I don't even know if Kenny Stills or Randall Cobb were on the field. Um, Will Fuller looked okay. He had some opportunities. Didn't do anything crazy. Um, had one long catch towards the end of the game on a miscommunication between Antonio Hamilton and Rashad Fenton, I believe it was. Um, but other than that, they they really couldn't get much of anything going. Um, you know, the front four did an outstanding job of pressure. Chris Jones was all over the place. Frank Clark chasing people down. Um, I even saw Churchton Wharton make a few plays. Mike Dana was in there making a few plays. I think that the, the front offs again did, you know, for as much as they might have missed on Breland Speaks, I think they might have hit a home run with Dana and Churchton Wharton, where two guys that were really on no one's radar, I don't think, in the draft. And they got one as a, a late round pick and one undrafted. And now they're both playing and taking significant reps, reps as, you know, against the Houston Texans. So, Great job by the front four. Um, super fun to watch there. What would you take away kind of from that front four and that pass rush of Kansas City? Gosh. I mean, I was looking at it expecting big things from Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Frank, Frank Clark did not have a did not have a sack tonight. Guys, he played outstanding. He was putting pressure on those guys all night. And then Chris Jones, as we know, comes in putting the big pressure on. He got one and a half sacks. But then you go into like the depth of the lineup and then you got Tershawn Wharton coming in and making a play. And then you got Mike Dana coming in, making a play. The defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs is the deepest in the NFL right now. They have the best defensive line all of football. And Derek Naughty, he was making stops also all night long. Those guys really just didn't have any answer for what they were seeing out there. And I think, you know, when we get Mike Pinnell back and when the whole defense starts to come together, those guys are only going to get stronger as time goes on. Because you see the rookies in the Chiefs defense, you're like, oh, they're young guys. They're not going to be very good. They're going to do this and that. Guys, they are learning every week by very smart football players. They're getting better. And I'm not even including the Chiefs rookies. I'll put in Colin Saunders. Played a, he played a pretty good football game tonight. He was stuffing everybody up. and But then you just look at what is Wharton doing? What is Dana doing? Those guys are making an impact on the edge. Those guys are making an impact on the interior. Those guys are getting their names involved in the game, and that's what you like to see. 
because the more that everybody else can get their names involved in the rush game, that just puts more pressure on people to try to stop a guy like Chris Jones or a guy like Frank Clark. And when you're having to sit there and settle for defeat that you can only cover Chris Jones with one slide protection and you have to have a guy man-on-man versus Frank Clark and then you could have a Mike Dana or a Tershawn Wharton rushing underneath one-on-one, that's when you're going to win a lot of football games is right there. Yeah, for sure. And I thought the secondary did a super nice job. Um, and kind of in particular, Legereus Sneed, who got the nod at the other starting corner. Um, and that was a position that we kind of wondered all offseason, who was that guy going to be? And actually, before I keep going here, I should mention that Traverius Ward did go out of the game with an injury to his hand and did not return. So we'll have to keep an eye on that to see how bad that is. And then the other one was um, Alex Okafor, left with a hamstring injury, and then actually Colin Saunders, he hurt his elbow, and he did not uh, come back in the game as well either. So they had three injuries on the defensive side of the ball where guys didn't finish, finish the game. So we'll have to keep uh, keep our eyes on that. But um, as I was mentioning, Ladarius Sneed, he had he had quite a game for his, for his rookie debut as much as um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played well, and we were excited to see him. I think on the opposite side of the ball, you got to be just as excited to see Legereus Sneed do what he did. He was tested, too. Uh, there was a couple times where Deshaun went right after him. Um, if you think back to early in the game, it was he's lined up on the, the uh, right side of the defense against the offense's left, and Will Fuller has a tight split. They run a little bit of a back shoulder fade, and Fuller ends up dropping it, but Snead had great coverage. It was a great throw, great placement. Didn't count as a completion, obviously, because Fuller dropped it, but he was right there. Um, then they had another one down the right sideline later in the game that Snead was right there, was able to break that one up, and then obviously he had the interception off of the pressure from Honey Badger, who got um, a nice little pass rush move in, looking like Frank Clark out there, a little push-pull, throwing the tight end down, and then knocking Deshaun Watson down to to pop that ball up in the air and get an easy pick for Snead. So that was super encouraging to see. Um, didn't really see too much Juan Thornhill out there for his first game, which I guess is, is good and bad. It's good that you didn't notice him getting beat and bad that you would like to see him maybe pop and make a few plays here and there. But he is just barely removed from an ACL injury. So it was good to at least see him get the start and see him out there playing. So um, Legereus Need, I think, would be my guy that really stood out on that defensive side of the ball tonight. You know, Legereus Sneed did stand out. And for being a rookie and knowing that he was going to come into a game that everyone was expecting it to be a gunslinger fest between Mahomes and Watson, he stood his own, man. He absolutely stood his own. He stood up there confidently and coolly whenever they said, we have to get a pass rusher on us. Not a pass rusher. They said they're going to try to cover us. He stood up there. And basically, he was just tough the entire night. And that's impressive to do because the Texans came out slinging. Their offense was playing really strong early, and they tried to challenge him, and he did not give up an inch. And to Steve Spagnuolo, for those guys to not give up an inch with him in the game, that's got to be huge because – When it comes down to it, 
with the Chiefs secondary. They're going to have outstanding safety play the entire season. We've talked about this. It's going to be Tyra Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dan Sorensen. They're going to absolutely dominate the play. But where they can really make their difference at is when a guy like is when a guy like you say, like Juan Thornhill or Legereus Sneed, is they can make their play in one-on-one coverage and break a pass up. And we saw Legereus Sneed do that time and time again. The dude's hungry for a spot. There's no doubt about it. He's hungry for a spot. He's competing at the highest level possible. And he's went out there and he literally took the he took the challenge. The Texans are like, oh. You have a rookie starting out there at corner. He said, yeah. And he had the same mentality everybody else did. Run it back. Run it back. and Let's see how good you are versus I am. And it just became a man versus man. It became one of the toughest matchups in the game. And in the end, the Chiefs gave the benefit of the doubt to Sneed, and Sneed beat him. It was an even matchup all the way through, at least in my opinion. You know, I thought they both made plays on the game. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, Legereus Sneed has a little something inside of him that I'm pretty sure Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo saw. He's got something deep inside of him that makes him a little bit more special from the rest of the secondary players we might see the Chiefs lining up. He's got a little more heart and attitude than I think those guys might see. But I also think he could be one of the missing links to a championship for this team this season. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a guy that he keeps playing like this. It is going to be tough for Bashad Breland to get his spot back um, at that corner spot opposite of Charvarius Ward. You know, obviously, if, if Ward is um, healthy, and hopefully he is. But the one guy that, too, that really stuck out to me that was really disappointed was Ben Neiman. Um, they talked all camp how he was kind of the guy that has come in and he's improved and he's bulked up and he knows what he's doing and he's doing all the right things and this and this and this. And then they go out and they draft, you know, Willie Gay and we, we don't even see him take the field at all. It's all Ben Neiman out there. He's susceptible in coverage again. Um, their linebackers, you know, look – pretty slow in general and that's one of the reasons that Willie Gay was drafted was to bring that athleticism um, to have guys in coverage you know Neiman was one of the guys who let up a late touchdown granted there was an obvious false start it should have been blown dead but that doesn't matter they kept playing and Neiman was beat up the seam by Aikens the tight end for the Texans so if I if I had to pick one thing out that I was pretty disappointed in defensively and that I, I hope to see improve is is that linebacker spot still. Um, and I think that they have the guy, and maybe it's just that he's just a rookie. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. They're just going to bring a lot, bring him along slowly. Um, but I, I would like to see him get some reps, especially when the game's late like that and they're throwing. I want to see some athleticism out there. It was nice to see Dorian Daniel on the field. Speaking about athleticism, he got a, he got a sack late when he was spying on Deshaun Watson, so at least he's seeing the field a little bit. But maybe we can get both of them out there at the same time and actually have some linebackers that uh, that can run and cover people. You know, and I'm sitting here looking at the uh, stats from the game, and I I can't even find Ben Neiman in the box score, and that's a little bit disappointing because, you know, he was a very good special teams player for the team last year. He made most of his impact on special teams. 
But this year, you really wanted to see that progression to him to kind of become an every down backer. And as you said, he's kind of losing that battle to maybe a guy like Dorian O'Daniel, who we saw on the field, had four tackles tonight, had three solo tackles tonight. And then a guy like Willie Gay, who had got on the field, had a few tackles. It's kind of upsetting to see that guy like Neiman because you know he's going to come on and he's going to give everything he's got. He's going to give his best effort, which he did tonight. He gave his absolutely best effort, but you still got to look at guys in the end, and you know there's going to be better options for the Kansas City Chiefs football team than Ben Neiman. And, you know, even though he is a good special teams player, as you say, they make decisions every week. Every week from a lot of NFL players is cut week for a lot of them. And this week, I think we could see maybe the Chiefs decide to move on from Neiman if they want to give Willie Gay Jr. or Dorian O'Daniel more reps and see how they play. We didn't see anything from him. And that was disappointing because, you know, I thought they were going to try to blitz him a few times. You know, the leading tackler for the Chiefs was Tyron Matthew. had eight total tackles, six solo. Chris Jones had one and a half sacks. Dorian O'Daniel had a sack, too. And Frank Clark had a sack. You know, I don't even see Ben Neiman's name down the tackle list. I'm just going through it, going down it, and you see all kinds of names, even from guys that didn't play a whole lot, and Ben Neiman's name still isn't on there. And I know, we all know, we all saw the Texans came out and they wanted to try to establish a run. Neiman wasn't there. Neiman got beat a couple of times early in protection. That was really all it took for Spags to get him out of the game. So, you know, he's a good player. He played good in special teams over the course of last season, but he just might not be starting material right now for the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think he's a placeholder until Gay is up to speed and they can get him out on the field at this point. Um, other than that, you know, Chiefs, man, they're 1-0. They look good. They didn't seem to really miss a beat from this offseason. I think the continuity helped. Having the staff back helped. Um, bringing all your your studs back, your quarterback, everybody being re-signed, everybody being happy. This team's motivated, man, and they they looked at they looked great tonight. People are gonna look at the box score and say, "Oh, the Texans kept it close." They're gonna look at you know Deshaun Watson's stats and they're gonna look decent by you know his standards at the end of the game, and they're gonna see all that, and it's gonna look like him and Mahomes played the same, but it did not. If you watch the game, this was a complete domination from from start to finish by the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm, I love it. Love to see it. Super pumped. Might not sound like it. Little tired, long day, but I am super pumped. Super <laughs> pumped that football's back on TV. Super pumped that, you know, football's back. Um, but I think that uh, keep building, keep building. Chargers are next divisional game. And I think they'll be ready for us. So Caleb, why don't you tell everybody what you're working on, where they can find you and we'll get out of here. Yo, so first off, before I tell y'all what I'm working on, where you can find me, Chiefs offensive line, they played an outstanding football game tonight. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played an outstanding football game tonight. Guys, they're going to be able to pass the ball and run the ball equally effectively this year, and it's going to be fun to watch. But y'all can find me on Twitter, at CJ Scoobs. I'll have an article from the GMKC on at Arrowhead Live up tomorrow. I'm just going to do a little reaction to the game. And as you said, the Chiefs are one to know. They are here to compete, and it looks like they're going to compete 
for a lot this season. I don't really think there's anybody in the division that's going to be able to handle him. But, Justin, why don't you tell everybody what you're going to be working on lately? Yeah, as always, I got my Power Ranking Digest weekly out. I actually had an article on what to expect from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire tonight. Um, I gave a little preview for that. I actually predicted him for 150 total yards and two touchdowns, which was pretty close to that. Most of it on the rushing side, which I wasn't expecting. But uh, I also predicted the game score, and I predicted that right dead nuts. You can find that on Twitter. Um, JDiz1617, Chiefs Kingdom. We're back. It's running back season, baby. The Chiefs are 1-0. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. To the Chiefs' kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!